Swedish League Podcast. A show about nothing and everything. <laughs> I'm a Mac at home, Windows at work kind of guy. Yeah. I'm- Party up front, business in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a Mac at work and a and a Windows at home. So it's kind of confusing when you sit there. Sometimes you're party st- at work. Party up front, business in the back. <laughs> wow. Oh man, do you hear they're gonna they're talking about doing a remake of Ren and Stimpy? I IQ. I know this is an old joke, but <laughs> I think Dyson literally put that on our Facebook page like yesterday. Is that where you saw that? What? That they're doing a reboot of Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> no, I didn't actually see it on the oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Just, just wait and bring that up in about five minutes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, seriously, when you guys start going on about guitars and about this stuff, I just don't pay attention. Then halfway through, it's like, oh, you guys said something that I should be listening to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're I'm, back. I'm the same way with other topics. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be exactly the same way. It's just that so far, everything that's gone on in the group chat, I've had a horse in the race. So like, I kind of pay attention. <laughs> Gary, but- it's time to start bringing out the geopolitical situation in World War II. <laughs> Is it still a situation? <laughs> it was in the day. If there's one thing I'm happy COVID has brought us, it is these crazy political YouTube conspiracy videos. Oh, oh man. 5G, man. <laughs> yeah. Slurp it all up. Oh, yeah. I love it. Let's get that tin Have you got hats. into the fourth turning yet? The what? Oh, I don't know that oh. one. Go put in the fourth turning when you go home. The fourth turning. Fourth turning. Okay. Uh, on, on YouTube? I'm going to save it so I... <laughs> Go start down that rabbit hole next. <laughs> hey, Jim Gaffigan has an Amazon show now, and the first episode is his Canada episode, which is the set that we went to it's see. It's that set? Yeah. Oh, nice. And then the end of it ends with a cartoon right with the audio right from the Moncton recording. Oh, really? He's talking about Acadian culture. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's great. Have you been watching his whole YouTube at home? No. <laughs> I just saw it's, that he's having meals with his family. Yeah. That's all he does. He just records meals with his family. And it, it kind of gets a little old, but like <laughs> he does the cooking segments and he puts the chef's hat on and he, they have like a nice place and all this. <laughs> and he just like he gets like frozen fries, <laughs> puts them on a pan and talks about that. And, and his whole thing is like every five seconds, he's like, let's get cooking. Let's get cooking. Put a little pepper on that. Let's get cooking. <laughs> Man, these mugs are awesome. I realize no one can see them. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I was like, you, got, you got a nice set of mugs there, Jay. Uh, thank you. Jeremy's got such a face for radio, it's not even funny. <laughs> thank you, Cameron. You're welcome. It's very sweet. <laughs> Well, it's the summer, and what are you going to do in the summer when there's a pandemic going on? Well, you got to find somewhere to 
social distance, but you can't forget about your family. So where can you bring your family and social distance? At a U-Pick, of course, where there's a giant field and berries to be picked. And you know where you can do that? <laughs> At Ramsey's High Bush Blueberries in Petticodiac, New Brunswick. That's right, High Bush Blueberries. I don't know if you've had those before, but they're like jumbo blueberries and they're just, they're a lot of flavor to them. They're really tasty. So yeah, when you get down there, tell them, uh, tell Craig when you see him that uh, Jeremy sent you. I don't know if he'll do anything different or if that will, you know, gain in, gain you any advantage, but you know, he might nod. <laughs> so check Facebook and Instagram before you go. Uh, they might be picked out because they're busy. So make sure you get down there while the berries are fresh and bring your family, significant other, and uh, make a date, make a family trip to Ramsey's High Bush Blueberries. Any thoughts on the uh, Racing Point uh, uh, verdict? Mr. Mr. Cameron there, you've been kind of quiet through the... (laughs) Been waiting to hear Cameron's. (laughs) We'll have to explain it to people too, because... Oh, it's... Okay, so... Not everyone watches F1, but... So, apparently... Apparently. And allegedly... He's air quoting, just so you know. You can't see um, Mercedes Formula One team is the best team and the best car on the grid. No one touches them. They're above everybody else. They just destroy anybody and everybody in their path. This happens in Formula One. Every couple of years, you get a team and they stay on top for a couple of years. So, Racing Point, which is uh, was Force India, who got bought out, now they copied... Direct, they said they copied Mercedes design mm-hmm. and they call it the pink Mercedes because they use Mercedes engines as well. Well, they decided, even though the car looks identical to the Mercedes <laughs> and using the same engine, yeah. that all of a sudden the other teams kick up a big uproar. Oh, the brake ducts on this car are are exactly like the Mercedes. Um, if it's a copy, guys, then obviously they're going to copy everything. But... They're like, okay, we're going to dock you points, but we can still consider it legal and you can still race with it. Yeah, so that's what I don't what's get. what's the point? That's yeah. what I don't understand. Why, why, if it's legal to race with and you're acknowledging they did it, what are you why penalizing? are you docking them points then? <laughs> so I got an example. It's a really weird, odd, odd example. In 1978, <laughs> I know it's weird. Formula One had a team. You were just 32. Uh, yeah, no. I'm 32. <laughs> there was a team called Lotus. They in- in- invented ground effects. So the car is like an inverted wing on a plane where instead the of lift. The Venturi effect. Exactly. Where instead of lift, it pulls it to the ground. So Brabham was another team decided, hey, we're going to put this big, huge fan on the back of this car. And we're going to tell people it's for cooling. But what it really was is when they turned this big huge fan on there was a hole in the floor that sucked the car to the ground <laughs> so they let them race one race scrutineers let it go through yeah it's perfectly fine it's great they destroyed the competition they banned it the next race and said it was an unfair advantage it wasn't illegal it wasn't within the spirit of the rules oh gotcha yeah okay. so now we're back to the whole spirit uh, of the okay. rules so wow. every engineer every race engineer his job is to get around the rules. <laughs> There's always a loophole. Yeah, without breaking them. Without breaking them. It's yeah. a gray area. So then they say, if it's someone's dominating, they're like, oh, oh yeah, we can do it this way. But it's not within the spirit of the rules. It's like, is it a rule? And that's how I kind of feel like about this in a weird way. Because it's like, 
So you're penalizing Racing Point for, for using smart. these, <laughs> but Mercedes has them. <laughs> exactly. And race with them every race. <laughs> but they're going to let... How dare you copy the team that... You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the edge that, like, no one said we couldn't use the same... There's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's one of those not within the spirit. So, go ahead and keep racing with them, but we're going to dock you points. It's like, it's a weird... If you unless they stole it. intelligence. See, now that right. happens. That's, right. Right. that's completely... That's 100% correct. If you steal it, yes, we have stolen it. It's identical. But if you look at it, like, going down the road, look at every car company in the world. Car drives by... Did you not notice all the cars are slowly starting to look like each other? Like, yeah. they steal from this one, or they, you yeah. know, copy. The only thing I find is, like, the noses look a little different than each other, depending on what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Ferraris and Mercedes' nose looks nothing alike. Nothing. But no. there was but, that but year. The, but the same idea is there. Yes. Yeah. Well, what, what, what did they call it? The year, do you remember when they, the nose, like, they... They yeah. split it or whatever, and there was like the two. I don't. I don't know what the they, F. I don't, it looked like a fork sticking yeah, down. Yeah, it looked like a fork. <laughs> oh, the they called that one the slow. Uh, the, I know what you mean. The nose. It was the dropped wing. Yeah, it was like a dropped yeah. wing, and it just went. Benetton started that in the nineties. They but were the first people to do a dropped wing. Somebody, I don't even remember what team it was, brought that back, and then everyone else just did it. Yeah, because it worked. Like, yeah, but that's what I mean. Well, that's how what I'm can, saying. Like, how is that? Yeah, how can they not go and say, "Oh, they copied our design"? It's like, <laughs> yeah, but. You guys have been copying designs of race cars since the beginning of time. We yeah. should explain. So, like, for some people that don't, I'm not a big racing fan, but an F, I'm an F1 fan, and people should understand. There's a couple of things with F1 that, like, I think more people would enjoy it if they, you know what I mean? But there's two championships happening at once. Correct. There's the drivers' championship, and all the drivers, depending on where they place, one through ten, right? Ten. They they get a certain amount of points. So first, obviously, being the most, and then ten being you know what I mean. I think ten is one point. Ten is one point. And it just and like whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins. Hamilton wins. <laughs> yes. Right. Then there's the constructors championship, which means it's almost like um, like the team, the mechanics, everybody in the garage. They're working towards the constructors championship. Not only are they trying to set up their driver for success, and they'd like their driver to win the drivers championship, but they get a championship too for taking care of the team, getting points. So like one driver might not be going to win the driver's championship, but they're consistently in the top five and they're earning their team points. There's a constructor's championship, right? Like your, your two cars are getting so much points. Now for anybody who enjoys soap operas or <laughs> Dawson's Creek, my wife, okay, or anything like that. You, gosh, <laughs> gosh. Gary, she Is heard you F1 say that team? last time. She's like, I love Gary. Like, oh, Way to get points, Gary. It's not. <laughs> Why don't you marry him? It's Dawson's Creek, not Pacey's Creek. Anyway, but for any of that, if you pay attention to the F1 world, it's super political. Oh, big time. And there's just always some kind of drama going on like this, like Racing Point, the technically Canadian-owned team. Correct, because it's right, owned by is now used, Yeah, is yeah. using Mercedes engine and now they've copied other parts of the Mercedes car, the Mercedes that is the dominant car right now in F1, and literally copied and kind of bypassed, like Stroll already took a fourth. Yep. Right? And then there's even the drama of Lance Stroll having a seat in a car, just so people know at home, his daddy literally bought a team, Yes. <laughs> kicked out a driver, and gave yeah. his son the seat. In the, like, yeah. literally. In the most literally. Uh, lucrative sport on the planet. Hey, everyone. Recently, I had heard that interest rates on mortgages had gone down. With only one year left before renewal, I thought I'd look into renewing my mortgage early. Am I ever glad I did? And I'm even more glad that I spoke to Guy Richard, 
at the Market Center. Kia has over 10 years of experience, has the highest certification possible as a broker, and will go out of his way to find the right mortgage for you. He offers unbiased, reliable advice, whether you're purchasing a new home or looking to make changes to your existing mortgage and refinancing. Contact Guy Richard at the Mortgage Center and take the easy way home. Even uh, so, as even Hulkenberg. Well, <laughs> that yeah, was such a funny yeah. story. What a random Poor guy. Talking about Hulkenberg, qualifying has just completed. Yeah, and he just finished third. So Perez didn't isn't going this weekend. Yeah, he tested positive again. Tested positive again. You see that? So the pink Mercedes. <laughs> Is actually third on the grid behind the two Mercedes. <laughs> oh my God! It's With Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg is third. So he might finally get a pole. <laughs> Hulkenberg, who didn't have a seat this year. So yes, Hulkenberg, who didn't have a seat, replaces qualifi- Sergio Perez, who yeah. just tested positive again it, because he went back to Mexico and, and has the highest qualifying time in the team's history. Correct. <laughs> but he's not one of their drivers. No. Correct. <laughs> So they're, 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 just as a side note, because Lance Stroll is, you know, it's basically his father's team. He qualified sixth in a car he's been running all year. Team Lance. (laughs) Team Lance, Team Basie. Like I should, like I was saying, because Mikhail loves F1 now, loves it. That's awesome. And it's like, especially like the whole, like, like he's, he's an Alonzo fan. So he's excited. Alonzo, I know. Attaboy. Oh, man. Uh, He's coming back. I'm sorry, Mikhail, for what McLaren did to him. (laughs) Oh, don't even start. (laughs) But all this... But, like, I should want to cheer for the Canadian team and the Canadian driver. And because of the way he got that seat, it's like, I just can't. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it was literally like your your daddy bought the team and kicked out a driver who came from nothing. Little greasy. And worked his butt off to get... (laughs) Yeah. And And just so everyone knows at home, like the person they kicked out, the second he was available, the top team in F1 signed him as a third driver. Just in case. Always in the garage, just in case something happened to the world champion, he'd get in his car. Exactly. That's who this kid is. Like, it's just... Like a, like the drama behind all that. Yeah, like, that's pretty greasy. That's crazy. Then you throw in uh, but kneeling, Canadians kneeling are for such the nice people. A. <laughs> oh, he said he said sorry when he did it. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's fine then. <laughs> yeah, we're taking your that's car. Fine. Sorry, you got oh. three days to pack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, eh, bud. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know all the other seats for next year are taken. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild. It's funny, like, F1 is, like, the race itself is only a small portion of what's fun about following it. Oh, the the Netflix show is just making it come so exciting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you're seeing some of it, because, like, I already know what happened, but I don't know how it happened. And then you see the digs between between some of the team principals and Christian Horner is getting into it with, you know what I mean? Like, Like, all this stuff. And, like, you didn't get to see that. You just know what the decisions were. As the season went on, and then the show comes out after the season, and you're like, <laughs> Daniel said what to who? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just constant. Like, But you got to remember, though, Formula One is the weirdest racing <laughs> outfit that there is because you go to NASCAR, and, like, these guys just get out, and, like, everybody's like, oh, it's, you know, all they do is turn left, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but you're still turning left at 200 miles an hour with, like, 30 or 40 guys, not, like, 
24 there's like 40 guys behind you trying to run you over like and then they get in a fight and they say whatever they want in the radio like they just it's more open to the fans too like f1 is so the chances of you meeting an f1 driver and getting an autograph is like slim to none where you can go any nascar racetrack you could probably just be randomly walking through a paddock or walking through the yeah. pits you don't, you don't have like you, 10 grand for the vip uh. <laughs> no. and i also don't think though in, in in nascar like while while what i'm about to say does exist in nascar i don't think the fear of losing your ride like while the, there is some depending on team ownership and stuff it's, yes. it's not like it's, some of the drivers are at the point where they own their own team. Yes, it's in not, NASCAR and in F one, it's like no Ferrari signed these two guys, Mercedes signed these oh, yeah. two guys, and I cannot run you next year. I could fire you now. I could replace you at any time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do something dumb or say something dumb or do something dumb to if we lose some of our sponsorships, like there's all this. Yeah, there's like, more pressure over there because, like, Jeremy was always a McLaren fan, just to bring them up. Still am. And Tyson's favorite driver was David Coulthard. Yep. In his contract, he had to shave every day per his <laughs> McLaren yep. contract. Had to shave. Had to shave every day. <laughs> that was non-negotiable. Every day he had to get up and shave, even if he didn't want to. Had him, to look good to for it. the queen. <laughs> Ron Dennis? <laughs> now, David. <laughs> I, do I see stubble? Yeah. Classic, classic Commonwealth stuff, you know. Nothing wrong with the Commonwealth. Do you know like, what? There's well, only it sounds two, like there is. There's only two countries in the world who have never lost a war, and that was us and the Australians. Look it up. The only two countries <laughs> in the world that never lost the war. So diva. Look it up. Look it, up. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> us. <laughs> 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 Teach him. That's <laughs> where I'll drop something. I'll put something right there. <laughs> One of the ads will go there. Bush topics. <laughs> oh yeah, you want to do those? We could get to bush topics. Bush yeah. topics. Good job on your ads last episode. I Good love Thanks, those. Boys. <laughs> you Thank sound, you. You sound like an absolute professional. Thank you very much. Bush topics. So bush topics, guys. <laughs> what do we got this week, Tice? Uh, we have a few. Did we on explain here. to Cameron what this is first? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's one of the topics. <laughs> Someone wants to know: Is does Cameron honestly not know what's going on, or is that all that? That's awesome. No, it's not. But it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> to answer that's, your question, no. That's Tyson's comment on the post. <laughs> that's yeah. Tyson posted to see Trying if I to change the name as we speak. <laughs> Heather wants to know, oh. dogs or cats? Cats. Dogs. I, uh, I got to go with cats on this one. Tyson's the tiebreaker. Can't I be both? <laughs> Absolutely you can. You're, you're in a weird spot. There's not many people that have had both. Like such long standing relationships with both. I feel like. Like what? Here's, here's the deal. Here's, here's my you know trade-off. I mean? Well, I had a cat for almost, like, I think 12 years. Mittens? Right? Yeah. Great and, cat. And Scruff was in there for a couple of years, too. I remember Scruff. And now I have Nash. And I got to, here's the trade-off. Is the dog more fun to play with? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> when, he's, when he's not wrecking your stuff. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's playing with the kids, and he wants to wrestle, and he plays fetch, and he runs around. And you, you know what I mean? And, like, he, he, he cuddles with you, but it's a different type of cuddle. 
But that said, with a cat, you never really worried about, yeah, I'm leaving the house for four hours. Yeah. Or like that just doesn't. You don't have to take cat out to use the bathroom. Yeah. Like there's, there's none of that. You know what I mean? Like, well, who we're going to be gone half the day. Can someone go to the house and let him out to pee because he's going to have to pee and all that. I don't know. The cat just, she groomed herself and yeah, looked at went herself. in the litter box and yeah. I left food out and there was no, you know what I mean? There wasn't no, I was going to say that's your trade off low maintenance, but they're very high maintenance in other ways. In other ways. can be, but like oh, yeah. for the and most part, the day to day. With a dog, a dog will go and lay down eventually. It will just go lay down. A cat decides in the middle of whatever you are doing, cat decides, you know, I think it's time I walk <laughs> up your back and just, you know, purr in your face and knock your phone into your hand. <laughs> Start kneading your oh, neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, he's laying on my... Oh, happy paws. Happy paws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Standing on your face. Yeah. yeah. You're on a type... You're on your computer. Oh, look. A keyboard. I can lay across this. <laughs> <laughs> the way I always summed it up is like, I like how cats aren't as needy. They're just kind of like... They're just cool that they're just like, you know, I don't really, I don't really care about you, but if you could just put some food in that dish, I won't get it right now to show you that I'm giving in, <laughs> but I will get it later. But I don't like you, but I do appreciate having you around, but not a lot. It's, it's kind of I like, will kill you in your sleep. I, yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, I like Cats that are like thing. that. They're kind of like, I allow you to live here. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me. Yeah. All is good in the world again. <laughs> and then dogs are needier. But I said the other night, like Nash here was being a, Stephen John Nash Terrio, was being a, <laughs> was being a bit of a headache because he kept grabbing stuff. And like he'd go grab a pillow off the couch and bring it to you and look at you. And you'd be like, drop it. He's like, nope. You know what I mean? And he's backing up, tail wagging. And then you'd get it and you put it back. Then he'd go grab your hoodie off the banister. And he'd do it all over again. <laughs> then he'd do it with his toy. Well, like, Nash, you can have the toy. Like, I'm not chasing you for the... And I thought, what's my big complaint here? That he's trying to get my attention to play with him? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, while it was needier and yeah. I'm busy, he just wanted me to play. Like, that's what he wanted. He yeah. wanted someone to chase him and play and go play fetch or... Meanwhile, if there was a cat in the house <laughs> at that exact moment, the cat would look at the dog like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> and the cats, they make their own... They're just, like, walking down the hall. All of a sudden, it's like... Yeah, they look around, down. huge eyes, <laughs> jump five feet up the wall, scurry across under the bed, and then in the thing. It's like, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, all right, well, uh, I did. One of my neighbors told me too that like aliens must think we're crazy if they're observing us. Oh, yes. As I walk this dog around the block, he walks in front. He defecates. I bend over and pick it up. I put it in a bag and then I carry it for one kilometer behind him. Like, I will carry this for you, sir. <laughs> like his, the aliens are going to go right to the animals first. So you guys are the ones that run so the So you're in charge. <laughs> Cats and dogs, you guys are in charge. Is it How true? have you trained them? <laughs> Is it true you defecate wherever you please? <laughs> and the humans look after it. <laughs> yes, it is true. I can even regurgitate it. They'll pick it up. <laughs> Watch this. I'll try to eat my own. And the human will stop me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just like, well, I never had cats, but my wife had a cat when we got married. So I just kind of like, you know, we had a whole feeling. He couldn't stand me for a while, but over a few years, he eventually got used to it. And it got to this point where like, I could sit on the couch and watch TV and he would just kind of like jump up on the couch. The couch. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Bad Jokes with Tyson Dukes. Do 
you want to hear a joke about construction? I'm working on it. You just listened to Bad Jokes with Tyson Dukes. All right, so we're good. Papa dum, papa dum, papa 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 dum, papa 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 dum. Uh, yeah. So you'll cut this off. Yep. So we're in bush topics. We're just gonna do it again. Okay. Bush topics. So Ashley wants to know, Cameron, that was a great phantom falsetto you had there. Thank you. Ashley wants to know if you could only use one condiment for the rest of your life. What would it be and why? Ketchup. That would be a horrible life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear that Betty White is the, <laughs> <laughs> <does> the voice for <laughs> red, red hot sauce commercials? I don't think so, Jeremy. Oh, let me look it up. Oh, look. So, You're right. What everyone doesn't understand is so Sorry, funny. Gene. Sorry. Mrs. Hamilton. We, we tried to do this already, and then Jeremy realized uh. it didn't record, so now we're doing it again just to have the conversation, but Jeremy was wrong in the previous conversation that it wasn't <laughs> Betty White who did the hot sauce commercial. There's an alternate universe where I think Betty White did, did Maybe the Frank's that's a, Red Hot Is that sauce. a Mandela effect thing that people yeah. remember Betty White doing the Frank? No, now Maybe. we opened a can of worms. Wow. Way better the second time asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandela effect should have been a... First, oh, man. The first time we talked about ketchup, this time we're like alternate realities. <laughs> <laughs> that went different direction. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, we talked about like, so, so Frank's hot sauce, you, you literally, you put that on everything. I do put that uh, feces on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm ketchup. I'm voting ketchup. <laughs> I got ketchup. I'm voting ketchup. The first time we did this, it took me 20 <laughs> minutes to decide. And you're still so undecided? I'm go with ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So ketchup. There was a point where it was, <sighs> it was, it was asked if salsa was a, a condiment, <laughs> which uh, it is not. It is not a condiment. It is not. It is not a condiment. Is chili? No. Are dressings and vinaigrettes? Tack, uh, vinaigrettes. Uh, it's not a sauce per se. Ketchup. Yeah, boy. Ketchup. 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 Amanda would like to know: Would you rather live out in the country or in a city? So, if I lived in the country, I would die within a few days. <laughs> and uh, I was going to not elaborate on that for because I thought that'd be funny, but. It's because I'm so used to going to uh, grocery stores. Like, if we don't have something on a Wednesday, it's like, we'll just go pick that up. I'm, been, I'm so used to that, that, like... We are, too. I, I get that. Yeah. But you got, the three of you guys all grew up in the city. Yes, so we're spoiled with, hey, do you want a barbecue tonight? Okay, fine. I'll go pick up some stuff. Ten minutes later, you have said stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. See now, Where at- you grew up, hey, you want a barbecue tonight? Sure. Four hours later, <laughs> we're back here with the stuff. No, actually, the funny part is if you, it so it depends upon the thing that you wanted. If it wasn't the actual meal itself, but if you need it like an ingredient or something like that, because where I lived, everybody 
hunting, fished. Everybody, <laughs> every, you knew everybody around. You want a barbecue tonight? Yeah, let's go. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Got one. <laughs> you could go up to the to the meat shop just up the road. Oh we, yeah, there was. Those. That was a horrifying place. That was just up the road from where you are now, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just up the road. Yeah. 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 I, I walked in there once with you, I think. And weren't they playing like the music from the chase scene in the Freddy movies? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was the... Uh, Halloween, maybe. I believe it was dueling banjos, actually. Is oh. what you heard. <laughs> I thought I heard... <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, nothing more scary than going into a butcher shop. <laughs> Yikes. But I understand what you guys are saying. When I moved from town... From home or the woods into town, it was like, what do you mean? There's like, what do you mean? I can go to the grocery store in like four minutes. Like, are are you serious? It don't take me thirty minutes to get down, thirty minutes to figure what you want, thirty minutes to get home, <laughs> another hour to cook. Yeah, you got four hours, Dice. But yeah, but yeah, no. I'm I'm, I'm going to turn this question on its head though, because anybody listening to this from Toronto, listening to us talk about Miramichi, New Brunswick as a city, will be laughing at us. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. If yeah. we do, we should keep m- if in our mind. definition of city is there's a grocery store within. A- <laughs> no, that's so true, eh? But I grew. It's a very New Brunswick definition. We of should city. keep in mind our national and international audience. When when something well, France guy. <laughs> I had an Australian guy ask me one time, and he said, "Like, what? Where? What do they call where you are? Is it a town?" I'm like, "No." He goes, well, "What do you call it?" I'm like, "A community." He goes. Community. So he, looked it, he had to look it up. He goes, so how far between your neighbors? Is like, well, where I am, it's considered populated. Air quotes. And it's like there's people like you know within a couple hundred, maybe quarter mile. Like there's a lot of people, but some places there are like miles between people. Like my cousin lives in the lives in the middle of a. Road that takes like twenty minutes to get to. He's way lives back. in the middle of best friend nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Like it takes twenty minutes just to get from his house, and there's nobody within probably ten miles of his house. At least we need to define city here. Well, well that's what calling I mean. something a community makes it feel like it's a government. Experiment I know. Or yeah. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I didn't say commune. I said community, not commune. Thank you. We live in the community. <laughs> Is it a city, a town, a village? Keep going. Community. <laughs> so I want to say, I want to say city, but if if it's... Mamershi would be considered a city with Newcastle, Chatham. I want to live where there's a grocery store nearby. Yeah, I yeah. do not want to live in downtown Toronto. A hundred no. story of a condo. <laughs> no, same. That's, that's, that's my point too. Like downtown Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, no thanks. I think I want to move into the country. I want to eat a ton of peaches. Wow, you should write a song about that. <laughs> I feel like we're treading dangerously. I'm eat me a lot of peaches. Yeah, we're treading dangerously close to the uh, heritage commercial. <laughs> oh no, no! I know the meaning of the word. It means nation and Canada. Oh, that's that's name. <laughs> Gary, do you buy them from a man? They come in a can. <laughs> from a factory in Damn. a big city that has a downtown. <laughs> Presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> I went to pick peaches once and I met a guy named Lump. <laughs> wow. Sat alone. <laughs> hey, everybody, let me tell you something. I have bought a house, I have sold a house, I've 
built a house, and I gotta tell you, what helps the whole way through is having a good realtor. Nothing beats having a good realtor. And you know who the best is? I don't know if we're allowed to declare that, but that's what I'm doing. I'm saying it right now. That's right, you heard me. Ryan Summers, Allied Realty, and Miramichi, New Brunswick. If you are in the Miramichi area, it doesn't get better than this guy. Let me tell you what. Friendly, good service. I can vouch for this. Real people person and honestly cares about his clients, whether that's putting you in the right home or helping you sell your home, especially when you need to. He's the guy. He will get it done. So call Ryan Summers. That's right. You heard it here at 506-625-1384 or email him at Ryan Summers. That's R-Y-A-N-S-O-M-E-R-S at gmail.com. Text him, call him, 506-625-1384. Ryan's here for you. He's got you. Doug. Doug? Doug? Oh, Doug. Doug's got the goods. Doug's got the goods. Doug's going to get When you ship styrofoam, what do you pack it in? Wow. Great question. I I would assume bubble wrap? What do you Then he replies to himself. (laughs) Or bubble wrap. Do you pack the bubble wrap in styrofoam and the styrofoam in bubble wrap? Oh, you totally set me up on that one. Um, wow. Uh, would you not put those shells, those little... Wood. You wrap it in wood. <laughs> A big wooden you, box. You can't break it, well, right? If it sheets or if it, you can't break it. Yeah, but... Yeah, normally the sheets, though, they come in a box with, like... Yeah. Okay. Non-funny answer. Because so, I used to work at like a warehouse, like hardware. Yeah. When they when they ship all the sheets, the more layers of styrofoam you have strapped together, the stronger the more it rigid is. it is. So oh. if they've got like a pack of twenty, like two by eight sheets packed together, you could stand on it; it's not going to break. If you jumped up and down on it, you're going to crack some. Right. Right. Okay. Right. But like it's 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 more rigid and not going to. But it's like shrink wrapped actually in plastic. Oh. But the styrofoam that comes in like. Your new TV box. I feel like that's just a big cube that they'd have to put in a crate. It'd have yeah. to be in a crate or yeah, something. Yeah, a crate. Something. Yeah. Because that's specifically molded styrofoam for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I think you ship it in a bag as a bunch of those little tiny balls. <laughs> yeah. You have to assemble it. Some assembly assemble. required. If you bought yeah. styrofoam from Ikea, you would have to piece yeah. all of the little... <laughs> yeah, you ship it in a garbage <laughs> bag in little tiny balls. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, I know what I'm editing out of context later. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Nathan uh, wants to know, out of all the universal monsters, I think we're talking like Dracula, Frankenstein, werewolf, right? Sure. They have a big brawl. At the end, who's the champ? There are so many factors you can't even. Oh wow! Oh, it's easy. What? What? The monsters all kill themselves off. Bigfoot's been hiding in the woods the whole time. <laughs> comes out with his hands raised in victory. You don't even know. The only bush topic we have left is Sarah. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot wins. Yeah, he's like the wrestler that hides under the ring the whole match. 
You mean like me? He's like so, the Undertaker. Universal classic monsters. Uh, actually, like in this list I'm looking at, they include Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the Invisible Man, the Wolfman, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Can I can I ask something? <laughs> okay. Okay, here, here's the question: How do you know when you've killed the Invisible Man? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. Well, from what we've learned about being invisible, he's a uh, questionable morals. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Every yeah. every interview we've done, they yeah. take the gift of flight. They're like, being well, invisible. I don't want to be creepy. <laughs> Um, is there no mention in there of the Kraken? The Seattle, the Seattle Kraken? No. <laughs> Just because Jeremy wanted to say, release the Kraken. I, I think they're yep. looking at like humanoid shaped. Oh, it's like the werewolf, I Frankenstein, see. Dracula, well, the, the mummy. Is, the, the, opera. Uh, the problem is they're all like, it, it would go to the whole vampire versus werewolf argument and that just, it's just. It, I think that is the argument. That's like, who would win? That, that, well, that's the problem. <laughs> If it's sunny, <laughs> if it's sunny, the vampires can't win. <laughs> but that's essentially what, who would win in a fight? Yeah, but that gets into the whole who would win in a fight thing. And I just don't want to. <laughs> Give us that list again. Let's just narrow it down to the top contenders. Yeah. Okay. Top contenders. Uh, Isn't the Yeti kind of a. The mummy. That's the Bigfoot. The mummy. Oh, yeah. Frankenstein. Dracula. Wolfman. Invisible man. And Creature from the Black Lagoon is kind of... I feel like Phantom of the Opera is included in that list. He gets his butt kicked. I'm sorry. Oh. He doesn't, yeah. <laughs> not a, yeah, yeah. He's the first one down. <laughs> yeah. No. You said... Yeah. No. He's the first one down. The Invisible Man He dies a fabulous death. Send any, <laughs> any combo of the other monsters I named to that like shady basement under the opera house. He's toast. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. The Shadow Man knows. <laughs> See the invisible man though, he just run up to the mummy and just He has the Bigfoot thing going for Unravel him. Unravel him. <laughs> yeah. He just hides. <laughs> True. So the invisible man kind of has to win because you don't know when he's dead. You don't know when he's dead. You, yeah, you don't see him coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he'd have to, like. Well, he couldn't stake the vampire, you know, stake float through the area. Yeah, you'd see that. it. That, that's, a, that's the disadvantage of being like to pick up any weapon or to do anything, like for him to try to take out. He just can't do anything. He just has to hide. He has to hide, but you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hide and wait it out. But hide he still has to choke eat out stuff. the winner. Choke <laughs> out the winner. There you go. Uh, but Dracula is, is not is not. Yeah, alive. he can't choke He's out dead. Dracula. And oh, he can't my. choke out, I guarantee you, he, he can't choke out Frankenstein either. Dracula. What? He just has to open the curtains for Dracula. Okay, he's got that. <laughs> or pitch a bunch of garlic at him. <laughs> to be fair, Dracula... Eat a bunch of garlic. Well, he's Dracula a has some really unfortunate downfalls. <laughs> he does. So like the like the steak through the heart, right? Garlic, garlic, sunlight, sunlight, and holy a, water, and holy water, and a cross, and a cross. So like you're like like Gary just joked, but like like open the curtains. <laughs> Done. You're invisible, man. That should be pretty easy to do. Take I like him it. out for Italian food. <laughs> like I, I don't. <laughs> and he's dead. Trick him. Kill him with a breadstick. Frank's stick. hot sauce on it. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's so I feel like while he's as long as he can avoid those things we mentioned, he's actually immortal. Yeah. But those yeah. the only way to kill the wolf man Because garlic uh, doesn't kill him. Garlic repulses him, right? Yes. Like they can't and stand it. Cross doesn't kill him. It, it repulses we, him. It repulses him. But sunlight can kill him. 
And holy water, same thing. It so I think the Invisible Man is the only one who's going to kill Dracula. But he could kill Dracula. Yeah. But but I can't see the Invisible Man taking out Frankenstein. Taking out Frankenstein. Yeah, I Let, can't see it. Let's he take, just waits them out. <laughs> Gary's all about the <laughs> wait. <laughs> Lines wait, for Millennium. Invisible Man's very if, smart, strategic. If it's a yeah. brawl. <laughs> if it's a brawl. Frankenstein. It's a brawl, it's Frankenstein. But I feel like Dracula could outsmart Dracula. Frankenstein. <laughs> brawl. I feel like if it's a brawl, I think Dracula, Dracula outsmarts a lot of them wins and the Invisible Man comes in yeah. behind and takes out Dracula. Dracula goes home to rest at the end and the Invisible Man. There you go, Nathan. Invisible <laughs> Man. There you go. There you go. They need to do that on that. What's that show where they test like ancient weapons or ancient warriors? It used, like, used to be Deadliest Warrior. De yeah. 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 They should put, I loved that show. <laughs> all those. They should put that question on there. Yeah. Ninja versus William Wallace. It's like, okay, guys, that's <laughs> not even like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Stealth guy with a big Scottish guy with a big yeah. sword. Do Invisible Man versus Dracula. Viking versus Wait. a Navy SEAL. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> they did do vampires. Bang, it's over. <laughs> they did do vampires. Oh. And Deadliest Warrior. I can't remember who the other one was. It was vampire. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, zombies. It was It was vampires versus zombies. And I'm, I'm assuming the show was canceled after that episode. I pretty much think it was not long <laughs> after. All right, everybody. We are getting ready for seven questions, this time with Tyson Dukes. Canadian pro wrestler, and in my opinion, the best pro wrestler in all of Canada today, having done stints at TNA, Impact Wrestling, WWE, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic, Ring of Honor, all over the indies. This guy's done it all. Hilarious to talk to. Have a listen. All right, everybody. So we have Tyson Dukes on the line, and we're going to do seven questions with Tyson Dukes. You're getting to used, used to hearing the bad jokes with Dukes on every episode now. So this is him. So we're going to get this rolling. So question one, Tyson, is uh, let's say it's the zombie apocalypse. What yes. skill or talent do you think you'd find the most useful during the zombie apocalypse? Uh, anger and aggression is my talent. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I've told people this in the past, and I'll tell you guys now, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, please stay out of my way. So I'm going to be wearing your skull as a helmet and just wrecking everything in life. I wait for that day that it comes. <laughs> oh, that's, that is, uh, that's one of the best answers we've, we've gotten on that yet, I think. Yeah. It's only because it's true, guys. It's only because it's very true. And I've thought about this. Long and hard. My son, uh, my 18-year-old already knows that already I'm already in the works of planning to have a war rig. You know, the big transport truck that was yeah. in... Uh, Mad yeah, Max. That, that's me. Yeah, Mad Max. That's my favorite movie of all time, by the way. That's my favorite movie, Fury Road. And I want a war rig. All right. <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> uh We'll move along to question two, I guess. Uh, if you had, the, if you could have the gift of flight or invisibility, which one do you choose? Oh, good one. I think I'm going with flight, uh, although I wouldn't use it. I'm not a guy that likes to fly. I don't like to like leave the leave the ground. I'm a very grounded human being. But <laughs> invisibility seems like if I say invisibility, you guys are just going to think I'm creepy. <laughs> <laughs> 
even though I am creepy. The ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. I'm not going with the invisibility. However, if I was going to, if you're going to let me pick my own power, I would be, my own power would be, and nobody ever thinks of this, I would just not need to sleep ever. So everybody has to sleep. Everybody has to sleep. If you don't have to sleep, if that's your superpower, you rule the world. (laughs) That would really help out with the anger too. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, don't <laughs> I don't think it would. I think it would. I would just fuel it a little bit more, but that's that's what I'm going with. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. All right, my turn. All right. So immediately after this interview, if you went outside and found a lottery ticket and you won ten million dollars, what would you do? Well, the first thing I would do is I would buy New Brunswick. And turn it into my own amusement park. I think I would, just, I would, I would definitely have my war rig. That would definitely be another thing on the list. And um, I'm trying. I, you know why? I don't. I don't see myself. Honestly, I don't see like if I had millions of dollars. I don't think much would change. I'm pretty happy with and content in my life. I would just probably own so many pairs of wrestling boots that it would be obscene. Like, you'd have a house full of uh, wrestling boots, and that'd be a weird stuff, man. I'm just weird. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Must have been something in the water. (laughs) Had New Brunswick water, yeah. (laughs) Like how New Brunswick just falls in within the 10 million. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's worth. Is it worth much more than ten million dollars, fellas? It's just the first first item. There's a lot of friggin' trees, fellas. A lot of damn trees, and just a couple of rivers. That's all we're dealing with here, folks. That's, that's it. That's you not know? that. That's not that inaccurate either. Just so that, people that, know, that's spot on. Absolutely spot on. I'm not wrong. I am not no. wrong on this. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. If you had one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Donuts. Definitely <laughs> donuts. That was quick. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even need you to finish that one. Donuts all the time. And here's the thing about donuts is I'm a huge connoisseur of donuts. I'm a fan of all kinds of donuts, but as I age, I feel as though with age, you get a little bit older and your taste buds change. I'm into maple donuts now. As a child, they were the grossest donuts ever, but now I can't, like, that's what I, that's my go-to is a maple donut. I don't know about you dudes, but maple donuts is where it's at for this sucker. Oh, we stopped one time on a road trip and Phil Sutherland got a pack I wish Jeremy could talk, but Phil Sutherland got a pack of those Homer Simpson donuts at a gas station. They were like these Simpson ripoff donuts. Yes. And all four of us got sick. We had to pull over and it was not good. That's Phil awesome. was, he was clearing that van out. Like we had to get out. Like there was just no, I swear Me? you could see, you could see the vapor. Like it was just Me? unreal. Me and one uh, Showtime Eric Young got into a battle coming home from a WWE show when we were doing tryouts years ago. This is back in uh, 2002. And Bobby Roode was the official. He was the donut official (laughs) regulating these donuts. It was regulation-sized donuts, as I say. And we had a donut-eating competition where we ate uh, 
a dozen donuts each on the way home from our uh, Cleveland show, oh. WWE. And uh, I did the terrible thing of not getting any milk because I thought, well, I'll fill up on milk. I don't want to fill up on milk. And Showtime got two cartons of milk, and he beat me by one donut just because of the, and he wouldn't share his milk. And he's just a terrible <laughs> human being. <laughs> just share your milk. Don't be a cheat. That's what I say. But whatever. Oh. <laughs> All right. Next question. We talked, we talked before about like you, you have a wrestling school and stuff and everything, but this is more of an interest because people don't know, like there has to be actually a lot of communication in wrestling. Right. So how, yes, definitely. How, how the heck do you wrestle somebody that doesn't speak the same language as you and still pull such a great match off? Uh, it's because wrestling is universal. So uh, even though we don't use the, the, the language of choice being either Japanese mm -hmm. or English or uh, German or whatever, uh, body language. Body language is a huge part of professional wrestling. So I know how a person is positioned, what to expect and what not to expect. So it's always, and it makes for better stuff because you're, you're more, you're more, a little bit more on edge. You're a little bit more alert. You're a little bit sharper when you're dealing with a guy that doesn't have the same uh, consistency yeah. and communication. And it makes for, it sometimes makes for better, a better match because then you're just naturally going into stuff a little bit more natural instead of uh, rehearsed, making it look rehearsed. Now, body language. Okay. Mm. Awesome. D didn't expect that one. Listen, guys, I've been at this so long now. I could, <laughs> I could write a book about pro wrestling, uh, the, the ins and outs of, like, the mechanics. Like, wrestling mechanics is kind of my, my thing. It's kind of my niche. Because I know... You mean almost like a textbook? Um, you could almost say, "Oh, like that was slick." Textbook. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Well, that was well played. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, yeah, got so, him. everybody gets their moment once in a while. <laughs> well, that that's a good moment. Yeah, but it's 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 more of a my niche is like knowing uh, all the little the little tiny tiny minute details, even from where to place your knee and where to place your foot and where your elbow goes and all that stuff. I know exactly at all times what position to be in. So awesome, cool. Yeah. All right. Now I got the next one. Uh, what do you think the one thing that uh, is missing from wrestling today? Uh, oh man, I could rant all day about this. I don't have the time to, cause I only got so much battery charge and these damn iPhones, but, um, cause I could go on forever. Uh, wrestling is now, uh, run by the fans. It isn't run by the wrestling anymore. Like they dictate what we do. We don't dictate what we do because we let fans in the business. So the fans, uh, started wrestling and then the fans have taken over instead of uh, keeping with tradition of how business is. So uh, the one thing that's missing is definitely traditional professional wrestling, whether it be angles, storylines, even how one hits the ropes or locks up. It's no longer a place of believability because the magic is the idea that it's real. It's a real contest. Mm -hmm. And to have people invested in this contest, even though some people would think would know going in that it's not real, it's predetermined, uh, you can actually catch them off guard and uh, they could be lost in the magic uh, if you were good at it. 
unfortunately now these kids uh, nowadays it's very it's it looks very choreographed and rehearsed and it, it, it show it looks like a gymnastics routine mixed with kung fu theater it's not really I don't it's not mean. wrestling it's not wrestling the way uh, like give me Steamboat Flair Rick Rude uh, Ronnie Carvin Polly Blanchard Aaron Anderson give me those guys all day long give me that to me all day long and less backflips and I'll be a happy man yeah same here there was a match shall remain nameless but there was a match I saw a couple of weeks ago that made TV that like eight minutes in nobody had tried to pin each other yet it's like, are you, are you not trying to win something here? Like, is that, it was just spot to spot to spot to spot. And right. No, and they're, yeah. they're like, someone also saw, also said that they're more athletic nowadays. I'm like, sure. Uh, I, you can say that you're athletic because you can backflip to your feet. Like you can do a front flip to your feet and stuff like that. But that's, that's not athletic. That's you've taken a gymnastics class. Uh, like back in the day, if you watch Rick Martel hit the ropes he hits it like a million miles an hour. Now the kids jog into the ropes. They just, they line up, they line up how they want to look. And then it just looks, it looks so cheesy and corny and so over, over the top rehearsed. I like, I watched uh, Luthez and Buddy Rogers go 55 minutes in what looked as real as real can get. And those two dudes are athletic, like genetic monsters. And this is back in, uh, I think it was the sixties. It was just a work of art. And that I got lost just watching it because uh, I was trying to study from it and take some stuff for the kids at the school. But then I, got, <laughs> I had to watch it the second time around because I got lost in the in, in how good it was. Yeah. So that's that's the problem nowadays. That's that's what's wrong. It's like watching a Bret Hart and Dynamite Kid match. You watch it, you're sucked right in, and you stay there until it's over. And you're like, it's over? What happened? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, know what, and yeah. that's and, and you can watch it again and again and find new stuff out of it, and that's that's also like little minute details that they used to throw in there that would make you know makes wrestling so good, you know. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Cameron. You got the last one there too. I do, sir. All right, um, you've wrestled all over the world, <clears throat> wrestled people with different abilities and different capabilities. Uh, without mentioning names, what is one of the dumbest things someone has ever tried to pull in the ring? Um, the dumbest thing is like there. There's always dumb spots. Um, there's always there's always guys that want to do like I said before stuff that's out of a movie that would require like uh, a wire high wire like type <laughs> act with uh, cables attached to them, do a matrix type stuff where they are athletic human beings and they go for stuff and it might work in, in the premise works and they'll try it, but then it's not good. So I had, there, there's a spot it's been done a couple times and one time I did it. And another time I absolutely refused where there's a bunch of us. It almost looks like we line up. The guy goes off the corner and runs off of a couple of guys' shoulders and then jumps onto the other guy into a hurricanrana. It's it's basically it's something out of a kung fu movie and it's 
it, it never comes off as real. It's very, very staged. Everybody has to be in their right position and like have their shoulder tilted in a certain direction and keep it up. And then it just, you lose the, uh, you lose the illusion of now that it's reality based. It looks like two kids on a play yard playing and doing a tumble yeah. routine together. And that's, that's probably the dumbest thing. I remember the first time I, I took that, I did that spot. And I just remember being, I uh, rolling out of the ring and just thinking, God, I like, I wish I had 10 minutes back. Like I wish I could go back in time and just smack him in the face. I'm like, this is the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever done. And, but I've, I've since then, it's been a good thing. It's been a good thing that I actually did it because now it, it has given me clarity beyond clarity. Even years into this business, you always have to uh, reassess yourself. And then I just took my, from that day on, I took myself more seriously, uh, with my profession, uh, going forward. I won't, I won't do silly stuff. I won't do something for somebody else's amusement when it comes to jeopardizing the profession that I put so much into. So that's, that's basically, that's <laughs> the nitty gritty of that one. No. And I think that's very fair. Cause it's, it is a pet peeve of mine. I guess like all of us that watch wrestling, we're all fairly old school. Like even my yeah. favorite tag team right now, well, I guess they're not the Revival anymore. Now they're FTR. FTR. Because, yes. And I think it's solely based on they remind me of Aaron and Tully. That's, what it, that's, that's their style. It's like a, a hybrid of it, I guess. But like I don't... It's not like, even... Some of those high spots take me out of it in that like a good match makes me forget for a second that what I'm watching is scripted and I forget all that it's gone and I'm into it until they do something like what you mentioned. And then I'm out of it again. Like it, right. it, even as a fan takes me out of it. So I equated to this and this is the analogy I always give people um, when it comes to that whole thing. You can uh, sit down and listen to somebody read a book so it's a live, uh, live reading, or you can watch fireworks. And a lot of kids will enjoy the fireworks. And a lot of people will come out and like do the ooh and ah at fireworks. But within a five minute span of seeing uh, lights explode in the air, it becomes very redundant and boring. And it doesn't matter how many fireworks you pull out. It doesn't matter yeah. how many colors you have it's still the same thing that you're watching and it becomes very boring and people don't want to see it again. However, if you're at a, a, a book reading, a live reading, uh, the first couple minutes might take a little bit of work to get into, but you will be captivated and you'll sit there and listen for hours. So that's the difference is that in nowadays, yeah. everything's so given to uh, everything's so instant. Everybody wants instant, but like, unfortunately, uh, for the good things, the good things in life, it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more, uh, more patience and it's not instant. It, and that stuff will always carry as being better stuff. And that is just not only psychology, but that's just human. That's, that's the way humans are built. And so that's always what I go with. It's a live book reading or fireworks. I'd rather give them literature, uh, that they can listen and become captivated and, uh, uh, get lost in something, get lost in the story, uh, opposed yeah. to watching fireworks for three minutes, getting bored and then walking away. Well, and I love that analogy because as a wrestling fan, I look back 
what I remember and my big memories from looking way back and what made me love wrestling are some of the big storylines that happened. And you remember my, my favorite match still is like a 60 minute is Brett and Sean at WrestleMania. Yes. And there was no big, like the psychology in that thing that I didn't realize even what that was at the time. Right. That I look back now, I was kept in it the whole 60 minutes as a kid. I yes. was kept in it. And like, I feel like that's, that's a bit lost now. You're right. Like it's I, like, I love the analogy you used of the fireworks. Cause like, yes, that was great. That was awesome. And Oh, it's still happening. Right. That's still the same things happen. It's I'm, I'm, it's over now. I can go home. Like, yeah. The best thing I've seen when it comes to a slow burn, like slow buildup was always the midnight express versus the rock and roll express. They beat mm. Ricky Morton half to death, and you thought he was dying in the ring trying to that crawl. Man took, that man could take a beating, yeah. He could take a beating, but it, you know what I mean? It built to a, it built and built and built, and everybody was getting into it, and the crowd slowly was like, oh, is he going to get there? And then they beat him some more, and they beat him some more, and then finally he makes the tag, and it was kind of like the whole place erupts, and everybody just goes wild. Through storytelling, no high spots. Right. They so, just told the story. Yeah. What it, like we're we're going to do on my uh the next podcast that we do, we're doing a tag team match and it's going to be the Midnight Rockers being Marty Janetti and Michaels against Rose, Buddy Rose and Summers, Pretty Boy Summers. Uh. And you're going to you're going to see no nothing crazy. You're just going to see absolute uh, violence and in intensity and just the two meanest, ugliest, like bad looking heels, like ugly dudes that you would hate. If you saw them on the street, you'd be mad, but it's, it's just, it's just a work of art. It's AWA. And it's just, it's one of those matches where, um, there's absolutely nothing thrown, uh, in the ways of suplexes and body slams or anything like that is straight up just four guys punching each other in the face till they bleed. And it's, and it is absolutely a work of art. Speaking of the podcast, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Do you want to plug the podcast and Hammerlock Apparel and all that stuff while we're here? Well, it, you know what, guys? <laughs> I uh, have been very bored in my COVID days. Uh, I'm not being able to wrestle. I've been, I was scheduled to work West Coast to East Coast. I got home from Europe, and I was supposed to be at AEW. I was supposed to be... Uh, all the way in Vancouver and then shipped myself way over to Newfoundland. And then I had some stuff in Winnipeg. It's just, I was bouncing all over the place and then everything got shut down. Yeah. So what does a man do when he's a very busy guy and by nature, as you guys know how busy I can get, uh, I decided to start a clothing line. Uh, it's not so much a wrestling clothing line as it is more about, uh, athleisure. It's more like athletic wear that's comfortable to wear. You don't have to work out in it, but it's great. It's great stuff. Like it's great, really good stuff. It's really nice materials. We took our time with it. So we started a hammerlock apparel. So once we started a hammerlock apparel, we said, we said to ourselves, well, why stop there? We got a school. We have the clothing yeah. line. Let's start hammerlock wrestling. So it all ties in together. So once COVID's over, we're going to start our own promotion and be able to work within the realms of our school, uh, our clothing line, our promotion, all working in sync in a symbiotic relationship 
to do that. And out of this came the idea of doing Hammerlock Podcast. So me and my buddy, uh, Scotty Dukes, uh, that is his last name, D-O-O-K-S. He's an actually, <laughs> he's actually from Moncton. He's a Moncton boy oh, and lives up what? here in London. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, like, if you watch the podcast or listen to the podcast, uh, Scotty's voice is got he he's East Coast as East Coast can be, and he, it's it, when he says a date, it's funny because you can hear it. You can hear when people from back home say July 23rd. And they you know that it's from back home, and so he's got me almost doing my old accent back again. Oh. Um, and so we're just we're just having a blast uh, putting out some good stuff, and all it is is about. Uh, giving a little bit of entertainment, but also educating people both wrestling. We really want to reach uh, up-and-coming wrestling talent, but also letting people know, because everybody knows that it's predetermined now. So we're just giving them a little bit of insight as to why wrestling sucks now and why they feel that <laughs> way about it and where it could go from there. We're trying to bring wrestling back to a, a state of uh, a little bit more old school, not crazy old school, well, we want to bring back wrestling to its glory days. And that's yeah. that's yeah. the mission. That's our creed right now. So, yeah. Bring, back, bring back the territories. Bring back the territories. I agree. Uh, me and my son, who's 18, who wrestles now, have had this conversation. We had this conversation today. I said, would you uh, sign with a company right now? Because we were, uh, like, if they offered me a contract tomorrow... I wouldn't take their, their bottom line contract. I would have to ask for more money because I make a good living of what I'm doing now. And I, I really, I don't want to be stifled. I want to be able to do what I want to do wrestling wise. And all the product that is out there right now isn't worth my time. If that makes any, I know that sounds terrible, but it's just not, it's so, and my son feels the same way. He's like, I'd rather go to Japan right now and try to make a living at this that way or go to Puerto Rico and build my name up instead yeah. of doing this, doing this, uh, WWE stuff. Cause they're just, you're just hauling in talent just to hold on to talent. You're not using it and you're not, you're not using it correctly. So that's how I feel. And that's <laughs> well, how you feel. When my, when my 11 year old recognizes that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you, he instantly got the no feelings. He told me when Keith Lee got called up and he's yes. 11, he's 11. Yeah. And he said, Oh no, I thought I was telling him something good. And he was like, didn't even, didn't even want to know what happened yet. He was, he was already upset. Keith Lee got called up. Yeah. See, and that's, and that's the deal is like, like they don't know. And the cinematic wrestling that is starting to take over because they can do it because there is no crowds. is just, it's so far away from what, true wrestling is it's disgusting yeah. there is it is so artificially made now it's just it's hard it's hard to watch it's hard to want to be a part of it so if they offered me the baseline i of course i would sign a contract if it was worth way more than what i sh i would think that i should be paid but like i'm not i wouldn't sign on any line for that basement uh, that bottom line that yeah. they give now no way no that's fair that's fair well, man, why do you think I don't watch it? <laughs> what? Why do you don't think I don't watch half of it? I well, I haven't watched. I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched any of the product at all in a very, very long time. The only thing I watch is uh, the stuff that we're doing for the podcast. Is all I'm doing is going back and watching old stuff so that I can like 
like surprise you guys with something like really crazy. Like there's a match between Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody against Dory Funk and Terry Funk from Japan. And it's yeah. just absolute chaos. That's and, like, crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy fun to watch. And then I, I just want people to see stuff for what it is or what it was so that they get an idea of like wrestling didn't always suck. <laughs> so when your 11 year old is watching wrestling and he's getting these oh no's like you want to just kind of like here son this is when this stuff used to be great and this is the golden years of pro wrestling but and that's that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish is just get people to do a little bit of history i guess yeah awesome man thanks so much for coming on and doing this we really appreciate it hey thank you guys it was fun awesome it was fun (laughs) we'll have to we'll have to have you back but with new questions yeah, you better. Hey, uh, yeah, and just gear up, boys, because I like I got an answer for everything. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm laughing, like, what would you do if you're president? Oh, you wait to hear that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Tyson. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Have a great night. All right, Thanks. you too. Do we have a news story that we could do a news story into the funny end? news story? <laughs> Gotta be something to do with nudity. Tyson's laughing over there. <laughs> All right, you ready? No, that's uh, that's funny, Cameron. Thanks for getting me in trouble. Um, <laughs> <appreciate> <laughs> Nudity humor. I know oh, who said funny. that too. <laughs> Man's attempt to fake his own death thwarted by a typo. What? What? And the the author of this article said, "Guess my old English teacher was right. One misspelled word really can't ruin your life." Have you ever wished you could just disappear? That you could become somebody else and leave all your worries behind? Sure you have. Everyone has had those moments, blah, 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 blah. Don't try to act like you haven't. Running from your problems rarely works, after all, and often only makes the whole situation work. A Long Island man recently learned that lesson the hard way when he tried to fake his own death, only to be thwarted by a typo. The man in question is Robert Berger, 25, from Huntington, New York. He was charged... On July 21st, with offering a false instrument for filing, which is a Category E felony in Nassau County. If convicted, he could be facing one to four years of prison. The death certificate was certified to the NCDA by Berger's former attorney, uh, attorney, and it was actually very convincing. It was printed on the exact right, right kind of paper. All the barcodes, <clears throat> markings, and signatures were all there, and it even had an authentic-looking stamp in the corner. It was almost the perfect crime. Berger would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for one pesky mistake. Before we tell you what it is, go look at... Yeah, I don't need to look at that. Bubble, bubble, bubble. <laughs> Clickbait. If you don't, yeah, Clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have time for our games or couldn't find the mistake, here's a hint. Take a look at the lines under the text... And there it is. So despite the masterful work done by getting the certificate to look real and, and authentic, Berger made a typo with the word registry. And instead he typed registry. So like R-E-G-S-I-T-R-Y. <laughs> it looks more like Reg's I try to me, but <laughs> it seems fairly insignificant, but that kind of typo simply doesn't happen in on, a, on an authentic death certificate. Wow. They're all pre-made and they're filled in and signed, right? Oh, wow. Right. The error was caught by eagle-eyed assistant district attorney, like who, who saw it. A district, district attorney. attorney. Attorney who saw it. 
Well, because they all have to sign them as they come across the desk to like guess, for their yeah. for their estates and stuff, right? And money owing. And saw like, oh, this is a spelling mistake that just doesn't happen on this death certificate. Yeah. And they sure enough found him and he had tried to fake his own death. Wow. Spell check, people. Spell check. Wow. Wow. Man, that's like high school mistake right there. But like you have the exact kind of paper on a real death certificate. <laughs> yeah, you faked weird. a realistic looking stamp. You, can't. you used your old lawyer's old stuff to fake your death. You got everything correct and you spell something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't proofread it. Wow. Wow. That's funny. And the charge was filing a false instrument. Filing a false <laughs> yeah, I'm not real sure how that. <laughs> Filing a false instrument. I'm innocent, sir. I can't even read a note. <laughs> <laughs> it seems this instrument is false. Wow. I okay. Got, I got one. Yeah? Yeah. Guy in Darth Vader costume collects lottery jackpot. A man, a man, <laughs> okay. a, a man wearing a Darth Vader costume collected ninety-five million dollar lottery in jackpot in Jamaica. Oh wow! The lottery company reported <laughs> too easy. Yeah, too easy. That's, too easy. Yep, he did. He wore a Darth Vader costume to get his ticket, so people would know who he was. So, oh, to hide so his identity. So the joke is, identity. he wasn't the guy. <laughs> he just... I was like, how do you know he wasn't the guy? He didn't want people to know what he looked like because they'd know. hound him for money or... Yeah. <laughs> See, now, yeah. now he's off by himself living in the woods of Jamaica. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, ah, I gotta say that one. Wow. Wow. I used to... I rented a hardcore Darth Vader costume once. I used to... At the Halloween dancers for school, I used to go all out for the kids at school. And it's, it's one of those deals where, like, I don't like chaperoning the dances, but if I'm going to have to do one, I might as well sign up for Halloween. Might as well have fun. Everyone's in costume and try to, you know what I mean? And uh, every year, I stay in costume, and after the dance is over, I go through the Burger King drive through in costume. <laughs> so I've got this series of pictures <laughs> of me going through the drive through as Darth Vader, a werewolf, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger. That's awesome. <laughs> That's sitting awesome. in the car, but there's something about seeing Darth Vader behind the wheel of a Honda CRV <laughs> behind the window. <laughs> and like every time they laugh, right? Like, yeah, we'll take your picture. Like they just think it's funny. Yeah, but the Leatherface one looks pretty. Like I've got a skin apron on, and you can see ears and stuff sticking up on the. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. And it's like yeah, chainsaw in the passenger seat, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll take your picture." <laughs> <laughs> you're holding my chainsaw while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and can I have a tray for the drinks? Thanks. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hold the severed head? <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Uh, that's about all the time we have, guys, but thanks for listening. Check Make out our sure, sponsors. Uh, yeah, go check out our sponsors. And, like, honestly, go give their page a like for us. It really helps us out, and it shows that you guys are listening. And It shows that you care. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Have a good time. See you next time. Bye. the piece all of the little (laughs) yeah you ship it in a garbage bag in little tiny balls (laughs) gosh well I know what I'm editing out of context later (laughs) (laughs) 
Now you gotta leave it in. <laughs> you just wasted some of your life listening to the Bush League Podcast. You must stop what you're doing right now. Like and subscribe and leave a five-star rating. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Ha 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 